Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to podcast on the live with Sheikh Adnan. Uh, inshallah, we will be waiting for Sheikh Adnan to join, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala, and then we will commence. Today's topic is very, very, very interesting, and that is to do with anxiety and depression. How many, many people are suffering from anxiety, they're worried, they're depressed, they don't know how to do how to go about things. Topic today, and we hope to come up with some Islamic remedies and solutions to this. Sheikh Adnan has just joined us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sheikh Adnan? Alhamdulillah, how are you? I hope you're well, and I hope everybody else who's following are all well. Alhamdulillah, I'm really well, and uh, exactly we hope that everybody that's joined is uh, in good health and enjoying themselves. So, um, inshallah, today's topic we were going to discuss anxiety and depression. And uh, basically, you know, some of the reasons for this and some of the solutions perhaps that a person finds in the Sharia in Islam. So, today we find a lot of people are worried as to what's going to happen in the future. They're worried about their past. They're anxious about their current day lives and what's going on, where they are headed in their lives, where they are, and what is going to happen, basically. So how can we address this? Or what? how does Islam see anxiety, depression, sadness? Uh, are there any ayat that you can enlighten us with, a hadith, something? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, speaking about uh, anxiety, depression, sadness, all different things, but come under the same umbrella. We have to take a step back and we have to look at uh, sadness and depression. Sadness in and, in and of itself is of different levels. So sometimes you have that natural sadness, something happens, it's normal and natural to be sad for a little while. You know, sometimes you might lose your job, you might lose a loved one, you might lose something, and that's normal. Also, when it comes to uh, fear, for example, there's fear which is normal. You see a lion, you see this. So same when it comes to sadness, it's of different levels. So when it comes to sadness, that's normal, natural. Yes, you may grieve over it, you may be sad a day or two, and you carry on and you move on. However, what's not allowed in the Sharia, or what's prohibited, we could say, is that type of depression that takes you to, you know, it takes you to a different path where you start having all weird and funny thoughts. You want to take your life or you want to do silly things or you think you would lock yourself in a room, for example. So I think sadness is of different levels. Yes, uh, we find, you know, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has only mentioned sadness with a negative connotation. So if we see like لا تهينوا ولا تحزنوا Don't become weak and don't be sad. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you clearly not to be sad. Uh, elsewhere he says إِنَّمَا النَّجْوَى مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ لِيَحْزُنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed secret speeches that are held uh, are from shaitan to make the believers sad. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that sadness ultimately is actually a tool of shaitan that he'll use to get you vulnerable and then introduce something haram to you. And ultimately, what can be worse 
then you having bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you're depressed, because you're sad, you begin to question and wonder. So uh, it's, it's very interesting that it's only mentioned with a sad connotation in the Quran. Yes. Also, when uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he faced a lot of trials, tribulations, persecutions, people said things, people did things, people plotted against him. Against him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ يَضِيقُ صَدْرُكَ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we know that what they are talking about, it makes your chest narrow. The least we could say is there's some sort of uneasiness in your chest. Then Allah says, he gives him the cure. As you mentioned previously, it's all to do with you try and build your relationship with Allah. You try to increase in your salah. You try to increase in your dhikr. Sometimes you may be reading your salah. You may be doing quite a bit of dhikr. But as we mentioned before, sometimes a, something natural occurs and you become sad. Increase in that. And it's normal for a little while to be sad, but then you must carry on. We're not promoting it. We're not saying you should be sad. As you mentioned, it's mentioned in a, in a negative light. However, you have to look at your next mission, your next target, and you have to try and move on. Yeah, that, that solution that you gave is amazing because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَكُمْ مِنَ السَّاجِدِينَ That make tasbih with the praises of your Rabb and be from amongst those who do the sajda, basically the prostration. And this refers to the salah that we, we perform. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say prostration specifically? Because that's where a person is closest to their maker. Whilst he's in prostration. And interestingly, this is the very reason why we believe we were created in the first place. So identifying with that purpose of existence takes you out of that depression, out of that anxiety, because we know we were born with fitra, you know, on natural, uh, the, the, the nature, uh, the natural disposition of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something to try if you're feeling sad, you're feeling down. The scholars give an example. They say, let's say a child is being naughty and he, his mother expels him from the house, locks the door on him. And this child carries on crying and knocking at the door, knocking, 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 knocking. The mother will eventually open. So we're not comparing this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But imagine somebody who's sad, depressed, so to speak. They're anxious, a lot of anxiety. Whenever you feel that, just try it. Try and perform your salah and you know, elongate your ruku and your sajda, your prostration especially, and ask Allah, carry on asking him, ask him, and you'll find, subhanAllah, there is an ease which you will not find anywhere else. Yes, and ultimately the person that you're asking, or the being, sorry, the being that you're asking, in his control is your heart and your emotions. So, you know, the hadith says that, um, that the hearts are between two fingers of the fingers of Ar-Rahman. He uh, turns their emotions and he changes their conditions as he wishes. So ultimately your sadness, your happiness is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you keep asking this being who is Arhamur Rahimin, 
Do you think he will not respond to you? Do you think he will not remove that from you? And there is absolutely no reason to become depressed. But at the same time, yes, there are certain uh, instances in our lives when we feel sad, like Muhammad Sallallahu felt sad when his son passed away. So he was crying and Abdurrahman ibn Awf tells him that, Sallallahu alayka atabki, are you crying? Didn't you stop us from crying? And then uh, he continues, to, uh, he sallallahu alayhi wa explains very clearly that rahma. this is a rahma from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's normal. We are human beings. We become sad. That the eye tears and the heart becomes sad. And we only say that which pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even in your sadness, you shouldn't be saying and doing things that displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, you are sad. But ultimately, you submit to the your, your maker and who he is, you understand. Yes, and adding to what you've said, I met a person recently this year, and he was telling me about some of the difficulties he went through, all related to depression, anxiety, and sadness. And what's interesting, he says that when I started, I basically asked him that, so how did you get out of it? You know, now you're normal. And if somebody had to see you, they would not imagine that, you know what, you, you went through all this. You know, he lost a lot of money. And sometimes when you lose a lot of money, things happen. He says, I started helping people. I went out and started helping whoever I could. I would go here and help so this, one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And eventually Allah helped me. Wallahu fi'auni al-abdi ma kana al-abdu fi'auni akhih. 100% that Allah is helping you so long as you are helping your brother. So that is an amazing solution for a person. You're involved in, uh, you, you've got some problem, anxiety, depression. You try and help others. You try and support them. You try to go out and make it easy. Whatever problems a person may be facing, you try and uh, alleviate them of their suffering. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will alleviate your suffering. So, yes, the, 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 we've discussed a few solutions here. Uh, what other ways can we think of where a person can actually pull themselves out of this rut that they find themselves in? As the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, ila man huwa asfala minkum. Look at those who are less fortunate, who have less than you. You know, sometimes you sad about something. You've lost a person. You've lost a family member. There are others who have lost many more people. You become ill. There's others who've lost hands. There's others who've lost legs. Sometimes the reason for our sadness, especially in the material world we are living in, is because we are looking up, up, uh, we are looking up at those who have things that we don't have. A lot of times our sadness is to do with something material. Is to do because somebody's got more money, somebody's got a better house, somebody's got a better car. And because of the world we live in, we find that we're just looking, looking, looking up at those who have more. Try and look down. Try and for, take, a, take a moment to appreciate what you have. And that is also a solution because you will realize sometimes that what I'm sad for, what I'm depressed for, there's people who have way less than me and they are living normal lives. They are very happy. Subhanallah, subhanallah. That's so true. When, when we uh, live our lives, generally, as we're living our lives, we look at those who have better cars, better homes, uh, better businesses. They have it better than us in our eyes. 
But in reality, we don't realize that even those people that we're looking at have got their own challenges, perhaps behind closed doors, they are suffering, they've got other problems that we are not aware of. So they may have it easy in one way, but sometimes a person has materially so much more, but their health, they're suffering with their health, they don't have uh, good health. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us in that way. So we've got to focus on what we have and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I also find that that being happy with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just being happy that you woke up today is granted you so much in your life, looking at it, being happy with whatever he decides for you, whether it is positive or negative, you see it as something negative, something bad, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately will reward you if you deal with it in the right manner. So when a person becomes happy with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they're truly wealthy. And that's why the hadith of Rasulullah says, وَلَكِنَّ الْغِنَى غِنَى الْقَلْبِ That, you know, wealth is or independence is the independence and wealth of the heart. When a person is independent in their heart, they're happy with whatever happens whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for them. Yes, very true, 100%. Also, what a person should remember, when you are feeling depressed and you're feeling sad, naturally you just want to sit, you want to be alone, you don't want to do anything, you want to think about everything that's wrong, try and change your physical state, go out, do some exercise, try and do something. You know, I was listening to somebody who, yes. he's, mainly what he says is that when you change your physical state or you try and do something, then your mind will follow. And when I was reading the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in a long hadith, one of the things he mentions, he says, وَمَنْ يَتَصَبَّرْ Basically, the one who tries to be patient, you know, you, you're bearing patience, you're trying to do something, you're actually doing something about it. You're being patient, you're going out. Bi-ibnillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you that patience. He'll grant you the ability to move on and overcome the challenges that you are going through. Yes, I think when it comes to sabr, a lot of people have this misconception that they shouldn't try to uh, rectify the situation that they're in. So they're suffering at home and they feel like, you know, I, I can't talk about it. Let me have sabr. Or someone tells them uh, you're in a physically abusive marriage, you know, continue in it. It doesn't matter. Have sabr, have patience. That not That is not really what sabr is. But sabr is to try and change the condition around you at the same time, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whatever you have decreed for me, the outcome Ultimately, I have raised my hands and surrendered to your decree. Yes. Also, when we look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when we look at the difficulties that he went through, if it was one of us looking back and we could say uh, studying his life, commentating, we could have said that because of all these difficulties, he could have stopped his mission, sat back, relaxed. You know, he was sad, but as you mentioned, he did something about it. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says that perhaps you will destroy yourself. You'll become so sad that it will literally destroy you. Correct me if bakhi' means to, to destroy yourself. You know, bakhi'un nafsaka. You'll destroy yourself upon their footsteps. 
with the sadness that they are not believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that also points to the fact that what others do is not within your control. It is their choice. They've decided to do it to you uh, or to another human being. That is not un- in your control. You have to do your best to maintain the happiness within your heart, to control your emotions, to make sure that you detach yourself emotionally uh, from such people. Uh, because sometimes you find a person in an abusive abusive relationship with their parents or their uh, you know uncles or whoever it is, it doesn't matter, or even uh, a, a spouse for that matter, their wife or the husband, uh, and the person just can't take it any longer. And uh, they are stuck in that type of situation because it's family or it's someone close to them. In that case, you, you've got to detach yourself emotionally and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you are going through. And ultimately, he can and will grant you that happiness if you believe in him and you think good of him. It's very important that you spoke about the emotional attachment. A lot of times when you emotionally attach to somebody or something, it's human nature. They, they will hurt you. You will be hurt in one way or another. So that's extremely important. Another ex- extremely important point to mention is if you look at somebody who says that I'm depressed, I'm sad, if you really dissect and study what they're speaking about, I'm talking about somebody who's lost their job, somebody who's lost somebody, somebody who's lost something material. They've mainly taken this as an excuse, as an mm. excuse to stop them from doing anything else. And you know what, to prove a point, to say that I am entitled now because this happened, I'm entitled to sit back. One of the ways you can rectify your depression, your anxiety, your sadness is don't make excuses for yourself. Don't accept any excuses. Anything happens, you're in a difficult relationship, you're in a place where you can't really be productive. Find ways, find means to do things. Be resourceful. Yes, yes. You know, uh, obviously, they are medically induced, uh, you know, uh, or medically caused depressions, anxiety, Uh, People suffer from anxiety and depression for various reasons. And we're not denying these 100%. Some people uh, genuinely have a mental condition that that is not their fault. They didn't contribute to in any way whatsoever. It's just a chemical imbalance in the mind. Uh, And at the same time, we need to remove the stigma that is attached to uh, being anxious uh, and, and depressed. You know, a lot of people can't accept that they're depressed. Uh, because there's a stigma attached to it in society. Look at that person, they've got mental problems, they've got emotional problems. Yet, it is just a phase in their lives that if they had the right support and help uh, from people around them, uh, then they would have been lifted out of that problem. So, I think the stigma needs to be removed from this type of uh, problem. And as we mentioned previously, you must try and help whoever you can. You know, sometimes your life may be going 100% correct. You've got no problems. Tomorrow you can wake up and your life can change in an instance with your, in a blink of an eye. And so we must remember that we can't always look at ourselves and think it won't happen to me, something like this. No, it, it may happen to you. So if you've taken out your time and your effort and you've helped people when you were able to, bi Allah will also have mercy on you when it is 
your time or if you may go through a difficult situation. Yes, yes. Sympathizing with those who are going through such problems is of utmost importance. Uh, a lot of times you find people, uh, you know, just pass it off like it's, as if it's nothing, you know. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Well, why are you depressed? You know, they look at it like as if uh, it's something that's just trivial. Whereas sympathizing with such a person, lending them a helping hand uh, in the same manner that Rasulullah was all, always more of most benefit to the people. Uh, so if we become of benefit to others, then definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will benefit us as well. Someone was saying something interesting in the uh, comments. To experience and appreciate highs requires to experience lows too. Um, I think to appreciate, yes, I agree in a sense that, you know, a person who's been through lows in their life, uh, in their life and have had difficulty in their lives, when they ultimately go through a high, they, they really enjoy it and they really enjoy the positives of it because they've seen the other side of the coin. And the same goes for those who uh, accept Islam, you know, uh, a lot of them who, who revert to Islam. You find that they were in darkness and they were without the light. So when they find it, they really appreciate it more than a lot of us who were born into Islam. Yes. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, basically these days, these times, goodness, badness, you know, they go, it's, it's uh, as they say, the ball is round. Some days they'll be good and some days they won't be as good. So you've got to, you know, manage it. If you're going through a difficult time, difficult stage in your life, you know, have full conviction that this time will pass. Look at the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, where Yaqub did not lose hope. He lost Yusuf for so many years. After that, he lost uh, Binyamin. After that, the older son said he wouldn't go back after they couldn't uh, return with Binyamin safely. He had lost three of them. And Yaqub told the children, go out again and carry on looking for them. Don't lose hope. Basically, don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, yes. Even though you can't see the light, it is ultimately there because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his doors are always open. Uh, the, the doors of dua and maghfirah and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think a lot of people also leave out dua and uh, calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they just uh, completely abandon this and feel as though they're never going to get out of this uh, problem. Remember, there were days that were better and there are days to come that are better, inshallah. Um, I think we've discussed quite a bit, uh, Sheikh Adnan. Anything to add? Yes, I think a quick recap is important. We spoke about dua. We spoke about sadaqah, giving charity. Oh, I don't think we touched on that, but another thing that's important is to give sadaqah. Sadaqah is not only with your money, you can give food, you can feed people, you can give your time to others with the correct intention, teach them something. So there is dua, there is sadaqah, there is patience. Somebody mentioned in the comments, those who are patient, Allah will reward them, you know, without any measure, unlimited, basically. 
also another thing we mentioned is try and change. Uh, don't be attached to anybody. Try and change your physical, you know, your physical nature. Try and get up and do something. Don't sit and be sad. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, also, just to add at the end, we, we need to mention that you can actually go to a doctor, find out what medications are available. There's nothing wrong with that. Try and find even traditional medications that may be available uh, and try and heal yourself. This is also part of the sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam. He never just only said that I'm going to rely on uh, the, the remedies that are mentioned in terms of spirituality, etc. But when he was sick, he asked for medication or he had uh, doctors. I was reading about how towards the end of his life, there were so many different medical people that came in and saw him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I was not aware of this earlier, but uh, I found out that while well, I was reading this, I don't know how authentic this is, but we know that you definitely can seek medical advice, seek uh, help from people. Someone just mentioned that there is stuff, uh, there is self-help online as well. So you can go and uh, search for online, you know, th things that are required online. Uh, I mean, yes. things, sorry, the things that are required, uh, you can okay. find them uh, online as well if you don't have access to a doctor or a medical expert. Yes, added to what you said, having a good, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a click, but a good uh, mix of people around you, people who have good character, good conduct. You know, when you're there with other people and you giving, you taking, they speaking, that relationship helps. Look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says that uh, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him and Ibrahim as a khalil, a very close friend a, of a very high rank. He then mentions if he had to take anybody in this world as his uh, khalil, or as his friend, it would be Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. He then mentions, Lakin akhi wa sahibi, he's my brother and he's my companion. If you look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will always find wherever he was, almost always Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu was there. Mm. Ya Rasulullah, look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about them in the Quran, when they were both in the cave. So what I'm trying to get to is that having a, a good company, people who you trust, even if it's one or two people, this helps you more than if you are just alone, keeping all your problems to yourself, saying nothing, you know, discuss, they could help you. Just discussing and letting that uh, difficulty and that pressure out helps you tremendously. Is there any reason that a person is required to be depressed for? And that's a very specific question, depressed for uh, in, in the Quran. In the Quran, uh, I think the only thing that a person should be sad for, I wouldn't go as far as depressed. The reason why is a lot of times de depression then leads to people doing things which they don't really know what they're doing. But yes, when it comes to sadness in Islam, we're talking about, yes, if somebody's committed a sin or they were unable to do a good deed, sadness. But your specific question on depression, I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, so subhanAllah, I was just thinking of how uh, the, the, there was a scholar who said that it's only mentioned, you know, uh, sadness is only mentioned in a negative light. So I can't see how there would be uh, depression that's encouraged in the Quran because ultimately no, not, 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 not at all, encouraged yes. not at all 
Yes. If there's yes. anybody who found it, please uh, show us. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Alhamdulillah, I think we've had a very good session. Uh, shall we wait for a few moments to, for a few questions from the, from the viewers? I think that's a good idea. Yes, bi'idhnillah. So we'll just be waiting for your questions, guys. Uh, please put them forth and bi'idhnillah ta'ala, we'll do our best to answer them. Um, I know many of you have been through a lot of difficulty, uh, hardship in your lives, as uh, most human beings have, have been through, uh, some of us more than others. But only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately knows uh, whose struggle is the most so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate all our suffering. Uh, do you um, see any adding, questions, adding, Sheikh Adnan? Adding to what uh, we mentioned before is uh, reading the seerah, the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam helps you a lot because you go into the environment where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, you able to see the difficulties that happened or that he faced in his life and how he overcame this. You know, it's like when you're reading the seerah, it's like someone is with you, holding you by your hand and walking you through difficulties and showing you the solutions. And that helps a lot along with the Quran, along with the Sunnah, but the seerah especially. Well, wallahi, that's so true because that is why we're required to emulate the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Like, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ There's a very good example uh, for you to follow in uh, the, the, the example of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because, you know, ultimately he suffered, he went through problems, depression, uh, uh, not depression, sorry, but problems. He didn't let this lead him to depression. So you can actually find solutions in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Have you noticed a, a question? I think somebody was asking about hifth of the Qur'an, memorizing the Qur'an, a very noble act and high reward, bi'ibnillah. I think we should keep that for another session, but maybe in brief we can speak about it. Yes, yes, definitely. And also uh, someone here says that please give the viewers a dua they can read. Uh, I think we can even, uh, you're more familiar with this uh, story of Abu Umamah, uh, as far as I'm sure, where the Prophet ﷺ went into the masjid and saw him at a time that it was not uh, the time of Salah. C can you enlighten us? Uh, I, <laughs> I'm not, I remember the hadith, but it's not with me currently. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. No, so basically how uh, Abu Umamah radiallahu anhu went into the masjid, I mean the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam found him in the masjid at a time where it was not the time of salah and he says, So he responded by saying that, you know, they, they are anxieties that have, you know, overcome me and debts, different types of debts. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught him a dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from anxiety and difficulty. Wal-ajzi wal-kasal. And inability and laziness. Wal-ajzi wal-kasal wal-jubni wal-bukhl. And cowardice and being stingy, miserly. Wa-ghalabati al-dayni wa-qahri al-rijal. And the overcoming of debt, you know, when a person is overcome by debt, 
and the overpowering of men. So where people are, you know, too authoritative over you. So this dua can be recited regularly. As far as I remember, there's mention of this being recited early in the morning and in the evening uh, as well. And Abu Umamah, anhu, he says that as far as I'm sure it continues to say that he continued with this dua and there were only a few days that passed except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfilled all of his debts and removed all the anxiety that he was in. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Amazing you say that I was actually reading this hadith a few days ago and you know sometimes you forget about the hadith and the point I want to mention here is sometimes when you tell a person that you know you said read the seerah they might say I already read it. Read this, I already read it. You can forget to go back or let somebody else remind you. Getting back to that hadith that you mentioned, I was sitting and pondering over it. If you look at the first part, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazab, is seeking refuge, seeking the protection of Allah from you know, anxiety and sadness and depression, anything that brings you down. He then says, wa'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal, inability and laziness. Look at how that's mentioned straight after sadness. It's as though the hadith is telling you that when you're sad and you're sitting and you've got nothing to do, eventually you'll have inability and you'll also become lazy and you're just going to sit. So he, Rasulullah is teaching you to seek refuge and do something about it. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, sometimes that inability or sitting down and doing nothing can actually lead to anxiety and depression. So just sitting and doing nothing, saying, ah, if I try, I failed anyway so many times. Why should I try? Why should I go out there and, and give it a shot? And uh, you just sit and think that ah, there's no point in it anymore. That in itself can lead you to depression. So you're right. The, the bringing together of these is profound. Rasulullah did it uh, for a reason. Yes, and he was given Jawamirul Kalim. He said very little, which contains so much meaning. Yes, yes. You know, I had this one uh, experience where I gave this dua to a person and told them that, you know, read this dua regularly and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove what you are in. Wallahi, this person's debts were over $2 million. And within two years, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up ways where he could not even imagine all of his debts were paid off and he was completely debt free. He actually paid a tenth of what he was supposed to and he became debt free. So he came to me and he says, you know, this dua I feel is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he, he removed all of this uh, debt from me. He says, I reached a point where I couldn't even look at the people. I didn't want even to interact with them, didn't want to go out and uh, do anything. But ultimately I kept making this dua. I knew the almighty is, uh, he hears me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed his debt and his anxiety. So I find that amazing, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. And somebody might say that I'm reading this dua and it's not working, it's not working. You must remember when you read your dua, you have to be patient. It could happen the same day, but you also have to have conviction. Your debt, you know, you mentioned $2 million or more. Some people, they, they may have a little bit, we might say a little bit, $100, $200, you know, don't think your debt, even if it's in the billions, is too big for Allah. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives and he can give everything. He can give you everything.
Yes, ultimately that's why Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. You need to understand that nothing is too big for him. So that is why we continue, continually declare this Allahu Akbar in our salah, Allahu Akbar in the adhan. You acknowledge that nothing is bigger and greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you start thinking that how is this debt going to be fulfilled, it's so big, it's so huge. Uh, ultimately, what you're saying is that, you know, maybe uh, I don't know whether this will be uh, removed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet. He tells you that, that I am with my servant as he thinks of me. So you think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, the response may not have come right now, but I'm waiting. I have patience. I know that he knows and he will remove me from this. And, you know, I know debt is another topic on its own, but when you take a debt, I found one hadith, uh, when you, lo you know, lends, oh, sorry, you loan some you money. Yes, yes, you when you take, take a debt, a, a loan from somebody, then basically there's a hadith that says, the one who takes the wealth of people wanting to pay it back, Allah will pay it back for you. And the one who takes it, wanting to destroy and use their wealth, waste it, then Allah will waste him away, destroy him. So your intention is of utmost importance when you uh, do such things. Wallahi, I tell you, you know, you mentioned an experience of yours and it's very important to mention these experiences because people relate more. A few months ago, I was with my father in one of the countries and we were sitting with a businessman. He was not a Muslim. He doesn't know the yes. hadith. What he mentions, he says that we were speaking about debt and how people take on so much and they can't pay back. He said he doesn't know the hadith. He says, you know, when you take a loan from somebody and you, ha you have the intention to pay it back, you'll be able to pay it back. And if you take a loan from somebody and your intention is bad in the first place, he's telling us you won't be able to pay it back. Wow, 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 wow. Amazing. That's a, an experience without him, uh, an actual experience without him actually knowing the hadith of the Messenger. Sallallahu he hmm. Sorry? He wasn't a Muslim either. He didn't know the hadith and he wasn't a Muslim. But he, he's telling us the words exactly mentioned in the hadith. Allah, he sadaqa Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 100%. 100%. Uh, Sheikh Adnan, it's been a pleasure having you uh, once again on the live. Jazakumullahu khairan and Jazakumullahu khairan to all the viewers. It's been lovely uh, chatting. And uh, inshallah, until we meet again. Inshallah. I think uh, there's a lot of interesting topics that are mentioned in the, in the comments. Also, sometimes people may have uh, interesting topics. I think it would be good if they mention them and maybe we can get them, write them down, speak about them on other days, Yes, absolutely. If anybody has any suggestions, please put them forth. You can even, uh, you know, direct message them to Sheikh Adnan or myself. Inshallah, there's no problem with that. Uh, or you can even mention it on the on the chat, uh, and then Inshallah, we'll take it up. You know, the last point I wanted to mention, these uh, sessions are interesting and at the same time, inshallah, beneficial. You know, once we spoke about how when you learn, you learn in different ways. Right now, when we are looking at the comments, we are also learning. I'm learning from you. I'm learning from the people in the comments. You learn in different ways. By yourself, you can sit and read. You learn by yourself. You learn from a teacher. That's the second way. Or you learn amongst each other. 
And this was also from the practice of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. They would say, come, let's sit and remember Allah. Or let's sit and, you know, speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and the religion. So jazakumullahu khairan. We thank you all, especially those who are following. And there are some names, I think we've almost memorized them. So jazakumullahu khairan. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Barakallahu feekum, inshaAllah. And uh, until we meet again on uh, Wednesday, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala, assalamu uh, alaykum. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.